Hey, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. Got an awesome guest as usual here, my friend Heidi over there. So she is now an author, amongst many other things, a hula dancer, a podcaster, a power lifter, a mom, a wife, and so many other things. So much. For, thank you so much for coming on, Heidi. Oh, Joe, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You know what I'm excited about? What? I got, I got some sponsors and you get yes. to hear about them. Yes. So the first one. <laughs> hey, do you guys like our shirts? You like these shirts we got on? Uh, made by the apparel lab. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Apparel means clothing or something like that. I'm pretty sure. So they make clothes. So if you want to wear something and you want your logo, Hey, look, there's a logo behind me. It's on my shirt too. That's called branding, Heidi. Are you familiar with branding? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So friend Matt and Jamie over to apparel lab, they do a great job. If you want quality shirts, they don't, they don't do these junk shirts. If you want crappy shirts that don't feel good, don't go to them. Okay. If you want a comfortable, sm smooth looking shirt, peck enhancing shirts, you get you an apparel out shirt. So to give them because you know what their tagline is? Bicep enhancing. Look at that. Look at that. The I shirt really shirt. did that. Look at that. It's all in the shirt, right? <laughs> so that's the apparel lab. I'm going to spell it out because I have trouble spelling. T-H-E-A-P-P-A-R-E-L-L-A-B at gmail.com. Reach out to Matt, Jamie, all that because life's too short to wear boring t-shirts, right? That's right. You got to get the cool <laughs> shirts. So another one, another one I'm really excited about. This is a collaboration between Rocket City Mom and the Huntsville-Madison County Visitors Bureau. So that's like a collaboration like if you had Puff Daddy and Mace, remember them back <laughs> in the day? If you brought them two together, that is what this is about. They, they've come out with a new app, Explore Huntsville is what it is. So I've got it on my little phone right here. So I, I, I pull it, it up mine too. and it's got a little rocket on there. So I, I pull it up and I can go through, you know, it's got winter fun, things to do, all this stuff. So I hit things to do. Oh, I want to go do something. So I hit things to do. Let's do some outdoor recreation. Uh, let me take the kids to a park. So I hit the park on there and it not only tells me what it is, it, it finds out where I am, the closest stuff. And then I hit that and it's got turn by turn direction. What they call it? Geolocation is what they got on there geolocate you and hey there's a park a half mile away i can take the kids over there if i want to go hiking if i want to go to a brewery where it is i just hit the button it takes me there and not only that if i want google maps i use that if not use the other one you got an option even on that that, that is cool? amazing i didn't know where they had that. i have the app there you go you know how much it costs for the app by the way how much oh it's free it's free oh, joe, if you, joe. you would pay four hundred dollars for that four hundred maybe five easily right so <laughs> there's a special way you get it though go to explorehuntsville.com slash joe j-o-e get oh, your I love it. that's where you get it free otherwise you got to pay hundreds of dollars for that hundreds thing. so explorehuntsville.com slash joe get your app and you're ready to go so Heidi, thanks for uh thank you. you're the first one to go with the sponsors man that's an honor oh, right I like, there. I like that well I, it's kind of ironic because i am wearing an apparel lab shirt Right. And then I, I also have the app for Explore Huntsville. I'd love that because, you know, I have kids and it's so much easier than going to Facebook and looking on events or pulling something up. I mean, that app makes it very easy. You just click it and I can, find things that, right yeah, I can find things that I need to do maybe last minute with the kids. So it was meant to be, Joe. Meant to be. Yeah. Meant See, you're, our, you're a sponsor too. Look at you go. So yeah. let's talk about you a little bit rather than these. <laughs> these. So uh, well, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Well, so... I've been all over. I'm originally from Hawaii and um, I lived there till I was about five and we moved to California. My mom uh, was trying to be a lawyer. Good thing she didn't end up being a lawyer, but uh, she was uh, going to law school in, in San Jose and 
um, we ended up moving to California. So I lived most of my younger years in California. And then I moved back to Hawaii when I was um, going to college. So 99. Oh my gosh, so long ago. 99. <laughs> um, yeah, so I call even though I'm from Oahu, the island of Oahu, I call the big island my home, which is the actual island is called Hawaii. And so we, we usually refer to it as the big island because it gets very confusing. Mm -hmm. People are like, where are you from? I'm from Hawaii. Okay, which island? I'm like, I'm from the island of Hawaii. <laughs> but that can get very confusing. So anyways, um, I call Hilo my home and on the big island. But I've been living here for almost, uh, wow, four years now. Going to be oh. four years in Huntsville. And um, I love it. We've been yeah. all over and, uh, I, I just love Huntsville. Like I love bad, Alabama. Right? Yeah. No, I, and I, call, I, you know, I call Alabama, big Alabama case, case people get confused. I just tell them I'm from big Alabama. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> just cuts down any confusion. So, uh, what kind of kid were you? What were you into growing up as a kid? What did you like to do? Well, like you said, I used to be a hula dancer. Um, and even in Hawaii, my dad's a Hawaiian musician. He's awesome so he, too. I've seen him on yeah, Facebook. He's awesome. You know what? He is so awesome. He is so humble. My father is like, not the guy who will say anything about like he never talks about himself like you know like that so i'm always like my father is amazing and he plays <laughs> steel guitar and he was nominated for a grammy and all this kind of stuff but he was like no 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 um i yeah i used to dance hula growing up i was very athletic so i loved uh, playing sports i was a little bit of a tomboy i guess you could say but i also danced you know hula and tahitian dancing which is very similar but a different style of dancing uh, i played basketball would you believe all five foot one of me played oh, basketball yeah. in high school and middle school and um i played in i didn't play for a college but i did play in college you know just to mess around and uh that's when i i tore my acl then oh. and uh i haven't really played as much since i'll i'll shoot around with the kids and stuff but um i don't I don't, I don't know if I could take it anymore up and down the courts as much as I used to. No, no, um, no, no. I, I, I try, but not as much, but yeah, I would say that, uh, I was a lot of more of an active kid, um, growing up, which led me to, uh, want to pursue a career in, in kinesiology. And I actually wanted to do physical therapy before I did any of the stuff I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, I would say that's kind of like how I grew up. Yeah. So Very I was, different. <laughs> I was pre-physical therapy when I got to college and, ah. they, and they brought out something called uh, chemistry. I'm not sure if you're familiar with chemistry. And, Tell me uh, you didn't do good because oh, I didn't either. Oh, I failed it so bad. I changed oh my, my whole major. Oh, I, my I whole couldn't major. believe how bad I was at it. Mm -mm. And I was in there with like 500 people. And I was like, 500? Right, is, everyone, is everyone failing this? Like, am I the only one? Like there's 500. It was in, I went to Auburn. It was a big old class. It was like stadium seating. And like, are you serious? Is that how it is? That, that class it was and i was wow. like man there's four more chemistries after this i better look through that book find oh out my. <laughs> and kids, it was an actual book by the way this wasn't the internet i couldn't go on there it was a book yeah, yeah. That i looked through like what doesn't have chemistry in it that's with paper <laughs> yeah. you had to read it it's crazy yeah yeah i had to uh i had to take physics in order to get to grad school and physics to me was easier yeah than i understood chemistry. physics yeah i, I don't I, I was like i don't understand how chemistry can be so bad for me yeah i did it definitely made me think twice about I had to take it again I, I'm pretty sure I failed it the first time I just I got out of there I just left Smart man. <laughs> and my dad was a chemistry major make it even worse so. oh my gosh no way yeah I, I like tell him like man there's only like four elements when you're in college it's different <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh so yeah so you you go through that so what did you graduate you got a kinesiology degree yeah so back then they actually I went to University of Hawaii but the University of Hawaii on the Big Island is like a separate school. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and uh, they still very country in a sense, like it, it's not as major as the main location is. Um, so when we, when I had the degree, it was health and physical education because they hadn't actually changed in, uh, to kinesiology, um, but pretty much it was a kinesiology degree, which I, the courses I took were a lot more into um, studying the body, the way the body works, you know, the way the body moves. Um, and I did have some uh, special, I mean, just some education of physical education in there, which was fun, but I, I didn't want that as my career. And, you know, at the time I really wanted to do physical therapy. It just felt right for me. I was working at a physical therapy clinic and, um, but, you know, towards the end of working at the clinic, I realized I was like, I do not want to do this. Like, I, I'm really fortunate to have that experience of working there because that made me think like, wow, I wanted to work with sports and I wanted to do, you know, sports rehab and things like that, but it was a limited field in Hawaii. And if I wanted to move, if I wanted to do sports rehab, I had to go to school somewhere else. Hawaii didn't have a physical therapy pro program. Um, and then I would have to come back. So it was just like, I don't think I'm going to do this. And I was making good. I used to work for Mac cosmetics and, uh, which is T so unexpected, but I have like a creative side, you know, and, uh, yeah. and that sort of translated and it was just supposed to be like a side job. And then I ended up loving what I did and I made good money. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just graduate and continue on with Mac cosmetics. And I did, and I could really move up through the company and become a trainer and all this stuff. So I, I had, that was really my focus, um, for a while after I tore my ACL, I stopped dancing hula. I stopped dancing Tahitian. I stopped playing basketball. I started gaining a lot of weight, you know, but I kind of tossed it as like, oh, it's me graduating college, going through marriage on my first marriage, you know, I was kind of going through this whole route. And I thought, well, that's normal. You know, that's what people do. Um, not really thinking that, you know, like I wasn't really taking care of myself right. um, yeah. then, you know, and it wasn't till, you know, you step on the scale and you look in the mirror and you realize like you have no stamina, <laughs> you know, like I just... I went through a very much like party phase, you know, like um, I was always a fun girl would party with, but um, never, I just didn't go back to fitness. I didn't do anything fitnessy, even though my degree was very tied into the body. Um, so it, it was an interesting time during that time because, you know, once, um, once everything sort of changed for me, when I, when I went through my divorce and all that, when all that happened, I realized like, oh my gosh, like, I have to change something. This is not right. And my father was diagnosed with cancer around the same time. And so I realized that I'm like my dad, like me and my dad love all the, the same bad foods, you <laughs> yeah. know, like in Hawaii, it's a lot of smoked meat. Like Hawaii people are very much like, I think it's a country thing, wherever it is country people, they're all kind of the same. They all like country music. They ride trucks, they mudden, they're doing all this stuff, you know? Like, yeah. And I was like, hey, people in Alabama who are, you know, they do the same thing as people in Hawaii. They fish, right. they hunt, they, you know, like, I don't know how many pictures of my friends I have with like boars on their back. And, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's very similar. So me and my father, we love that kind of like, probably not so healthy food, yeah. uh, you, you know? Too. And yeah, I mean, and so I realized that I needed to make a big change in what I was doing um, because I was going to have a baby and, you know, all these things were happening in my life. Um, and that sort of led me to, you know, to explore fitness again. That's cool. Yeah, it's because people look at fitness professionals a lot and just assume well, you've always been healthy. 
yeah. you don't like pizza and beer and all yeah. these good you probably just naturally don't like that stuff yeah. but it's it's not that you know a lot of us had struggles and that's why we got back to doing this for a lot of people that hey we know how hard it is out there you know so that's cool that you know where your clients are coming from it's just not you weren't born with it maybe it's made yeah. clean. that's a commercial no. yeah <laughs> Hey, uh, we were just talking about jingles the other day. That's so go. funny. <laughs> yeah, it stuck I, with me. No, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, I don't know if I know many people who, and maybe you do, I don't know a lot of people who haven't had some sort of difficulty that led them into fitness, you know, yeah. whether it was like alcohol abuse, um, traumatic experiences, it doesn't have to be so, I, I guess, sad, you know, like I feel like mine was definitely a, a slap in the face because I was, you know, I was pregnant, going through divorce at the same time. And my father was diagnosed with cancer. And it was like this huge moment where I had like a wake up call and uh, like never before, you know, and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I need to be the healthiest I can be if I'm going to do this by myself. And, you know, I need, I can't let my children feel scared. Like I am for my dad. And, you know, so for me, that was my wake up moment. I would say that a lot of the people that I know in fitness have some sort of moment like that, you know, where they're, they are either understanding that they're not coming from a not so healthy place or something happens in their life that they're sure. Yeah. I've seen it in the face. Well. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about probably the most important that ever happened to you. Um, how did you and Devin meet? Oh my gosh, this is so funny. So <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people meet on MySpace. <laughs> I would be, yeah. Um, so me and my husband, we met on MySpace. Um, and I will say that we both probably never thought it was going to be something that serious. Uh, we were both coming out of a divorce. We both had young children. We we're both, I think, searching for some sort of friendship maybe and, and not expecting it this way at all. I think... I think we both thought it would be some sort of innocent, you know, like, oh, we'll just chat on MySpace yeah. kind of maybe, thing. Maybe I'll even... make it into the top eight, Hindu's top yeah. eight. <laughs> Isn't that what the... <laughs> I wonder if he did. Do you know, I actually looked at my MySpace the other day. They still have it up, but it looks so weird. Yeah. It's I went totally about a year ago and checked out. I got an e Here's what was weird. I got an email from Facebook to say, check out your MySpace. Oh, they probably own them. I they probably do. Yeah. They probably, they probably bought it for like $45 them. or something like that. Yeah. It's probably pretty cheap. <laughs> For less money than the app. Yeah, we we've met on MySpace and it's serendipitous, I have to say, because I once I was going through um, as many women, I would say probably or people in general, when they are going through a breakup, you know, I was definitely going through that point where like, I am single now and I am not tied in, you know, and having this like rebellious moment. Um, so, of course, I changed my MySpace Thing to single and uh, not knowing that there's people that look for other single women on MySpace. And so once that became single, I started getting messages from guys like, Hey, good looking, you know, how's it going? And you want to talk and all these things. And I just couldn't roll my eyes back anymore. Let me tell you. So, you know, of course I just delete them. There wasn't like tons, but enough where I was like, okay, this is something that people do. And then one day I get a message from this guy who tells me, Hey, something very nice. And then he goes on to say, I see that you like X-Men, the last one, which was X-Men 10. I can't even remember what the X. And uh, he says, that movie was awful. <laughs> 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 but it's okay. <laughs> like, 
goes on to slightly insult me about my movie selection where I was like, what? And then says, oh, if you want to chat sometime, let me know, blah, blah, blah. And he, he finishes it. He was the only one I responded to because I couldn't believe that he insulted me. And so I felt like I got, for one, it worked because I tied, you know, I got into his trap, right? So I, I wrote back, I was like, well, it was a great movie. You have a very cool Transformers background because back then you could put backgrounds on your, uh, yeah. on your, remember that? And you could have My music. Face. Yes, you could have a wallpaper. <laughs> and of course, Devin had a Transformers wallpaper. Of course. <laughs> of course. And I said, I like your Transformers wallpaper. Um, X-Men, the last one was fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, that was it. And I, you know, we sort of kept in touch here and there. Um, and over the following months, then we started to get to know each other more and then we met and then the rest was history. I think it's hilarious though, that we can say that because in that the beginning is. we were a little ashamed of it. We're like, I can't tell people we met on MySpace. It's one so of my favorite stories. I know I it is. It. And it, it is in the book. I talk about it in oh, the book yes. in detail. Uh, we used to tell people that he walked by my store because I worked in Almana shopping center. It was outdoor. It was a very nice mall. And that he walked by the store and I was in the front. He was like, Hey, you know, you want to go out? Like, <laughs> like he was super, like he was a super cool guy and <laughs> just like approached me. No problem. I was like, no, he was, he was a guy behind the computer typing like, hi. On my <laughs> space. Quite, yeah. so on my space. Here's my impression of Tom, by the way. You remember yeah. Tom? Oh my gosh. Like it looks Tom? just like him. Yeah. I've been working on that for a while, but yeah. So you guys are an awesome and also you guys are an awesome team, but congratulations on using serendipitous in a sentence, by the way. That was, dang, that was impressive right there. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've been using that word a lot. It's, it's a, a book I'm reading and they use serendipitous a lot. I was like, man, I haven't used that. In a while. You pulled it off, man. I yeah. couldn't spell it, but you use it good. <laughs> I don't uh, know if I could spell it either. <laughs> it's a big one. I got into fitness. <laughs> yeah. So I had to write down a parallel earlier. <laughs> Because <laughs> then it goes to that. It goes to the lab. It got crazy. But um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna kind of switching gears. I hear a very direct 180 almost. That uh, let's get into a kind of positive body image. I know that's something very important that you do. That you especially talk to women about. So uh, yes. what do you, let's talk about body image first of all. Let's, let's talk about some things that you have gone through personally, yes. especially through powerlifting and bodybuilding and all that. So let's talk about some body image tips. Yeah, I you know. Um, the the book that that will be coming out or that's going to be out by the time this comes out um probably that's the biggest theme on uh, um on what i wrote about and <clears throat> over the years body image has or my my idea of what i feel comfortable with has changed dramatically over the years and in the beginning uh when i didn't feel good about my body i was you know not active i was eating Taco Bell three o'clock in the morning, partying with friends. Um, you know, I was drinking, I was smoking, like there was everything that you can think of that's probably not good for your health, not sleeping good, like you name it. Um, and that reflected in how I felt about my body and, and how it looked too. I, I, I felt like I, I looked at my body as like, man, it just is there. And I didn't like it. I felt overweight I, and I was, um, but I was more so just not healthy inside. And I felt that more. Um, and so in the beginning, I really thought that, you know, losing weight, um, and being a certain size was going to make me feel better. And, and it kind of did. And it, you know, as I, I had the baby after I had the baby, I dropped down to, um, much smaller than I had been in a long time. And I felt better about my body 
but I did not feel like I thought I would. So the way I viewed my body was like, man, I still, I'm actually kind of like skinny. I have no curves. I have no butt. I have no, you know, I still found faults Mm -hmm. in the way that I looked. Sure. And um, I think that that has always been a theme of mine and a lot of women. So we think that like, we're going to lose this weight. We're going to get to this certain shape and it's going to make me feel a certain way. And that's usually never the, the, you know, the response. It's never that, that, that outcome is going to totally change how I feel. Um, And I didn't realize that early on, that took me years to figure that out. And so after that, I ended up, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to try bodybuilding. So I went into bodybuilding for many years and I loved, um, trying to change my physique, you know, grow muscle. And I found a lot of happiness in, in fitness and trying to challenge myself in that way. Um, but that I realize now only exasperated all the crazy things I thought about myself. And it's a common theme in people who compete, you know, you find you're not in competing and bodybuilding, it's not about who has the nicest body. You, I mean, really, you're trying to hide your imperfections. Mm. So everybody's got imperfections. Right, it's like, yeah. how can we make them look less imperfect? So as a, a person who's competing, I look at my body as like, all right, where's all the imperfections? It's never the, oh, this looks good. That looks good. It's like, no, that looks bad. Work on that. That looks bad. Look, work on that. So that you're looks constantly th- highlighting your, your weak points, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and you don't, I never realized it. It was like just part of the process, toughen up. That's what you got to do. Not realizing that it slowly chips away at how you feel uh, and how you view your body, how you view food and intake. And, you know, food was just a number for me for a long time. And, you know, everything was like 70 calories, four grams of fat, you know, like I, I didn't look at food the same way, which is completely unhealthy. Um, some people can have good control of it. I know some people can compete for life and feel totally fine with that. I couldn't, and I didn't, uh, and I struggled with that. And so after bodybuilding, um, I realized that I had to, you know, had to stop. And so my body image was terrible. Like people, I, I mean, I, I, I looked fit and I looked like what I thought other people would think was good. Like, oh, she, I want, that's my trainer. She's got abs. She's been on the stage. Look at her bicep, you know, whatever it was, you know, that was what I, I felt was the right image for me. Um, But really it was based on what other people was, were thinking, you know, and inside I was struggling towards my last show. I was eating a thousand calories. I was doing two hours of cardio. I had training session almost every day. um, And my body would not change anymore. And I was desperate because I was going to be on stage and my, my husband was going to be there. My mother was, I mean, everybody was coming to see me during that time. Um, and um, so I, I definitely, I definitely was at a point where I realized, okay, this is, why am I doing this? You know, like, yeah. it's not, it's, what is this for? I, I'm actually paying for this. Like, no, this is giving me money. This is <laughs> yeah. miserable. Yeah. yeah. And, and Devin was like, you know, for a while, like, Hey, are we going to have a baby? You know, like, we, cause we both have one child from our previous marriage. And I always told him like, well, oh, just wait till I get my pro card in bodybuilding. And then, you know, like in my mind, I, once I had that, then it was okay. You know? Um, but I got to a point where I, f- I didn't enjoy fitness anymore. I didn't enjoy any of that kind of stuff. And I looked at myself, so negatively that I just said, forget it. I'm going back to powerlifting. 
and I'm not going to body, but I'll do some fun stuff, but I just, I want to do stuff that is fun. So Mm -hmm. I started doing CrossFit football with a bunch of ladies in Missouri and CrossFit football involved a lot of the big lifts. It was squat, bench, and deadlift. We did have to run occasionally, but I was okay with that. Um, And I started really loving like fitness again, which made me love my body for what it could do. You know, I didn't look at it like I still struggled, you know, like, okay, I'm losing my abs. Okay. I'm losing, you know, this, or, but then I realized, Hey, I just deadlifted 275. I haven't deadlifted that in so long. And then it was deadlifted 295. Then it was 300. And I was like, man, this is amazing. And so I really found a joy in my body and how I viewed it. Once I started looking at how it performed versus how it looked all the time. What a huge switch to make. It was, it was, and it was, and it was so subtle. It's not like one of those days you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm going to look at my body differently. It's never like that. It's like over time, just suddenly I became more comfortable, not caring how tight the leggings were fitting or that my bra was, you know, like too tight in the back or, you know, it, 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 I don't think it's ever black or white. I think that I have a lot of times where I'm, you know, I'll still think about it, but I have much better mindset where I view it and I'm able to take the, any negative thoughts I have about myself and try to flip it. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a big one for a lot of women. Cause we're always uh, worried about how we look. Um, and, and we're never, we're not necessarily rewarded for how our body performs unless you're in sports. And so I found that powerlifting was a way that I could connect to women who wanted to be better at lifting and, and see how their body could perform. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that was any tips, but I guess that's more so. No, my, I think people just story. want to know your story and a lot of them relate to it. Maybe not through bodybuilding or something like that, but they relate to not feeling like they're enough. I know that's for sure. Yeah. And that, that you know, there's steps you took to figure it out and that it, it's not all because there's always going to be imperfections, right? I don't care who you are. The bodybuilders with the supposedly perfect bodies have those imperfections. So it's, it's just, uh, you know, you're chasing after something that's impossible. So it's oh, yeah, great to hear other sure. people hear that. So, yeah. And it's, it's definitely something that's, um, that, you know, you always have to work at. I don't think it's ever going to be something where it'll never be there. You know, some days I'm more critical and some days I'm not. Yeah. Um, so you got into powerlifting and that led you to starting even your own podcast about power. Let's talk about that. So the future is female powerlifting is the name of your podcast and it's done yes. really well. You've been doing it almost coming up on three years and tell me a little bit about how my, how that started. Yeah. So I loved podcasts. I would listen to them every morning and there's a bunch of powerlifting ones I would listen to some fitness ones, some, you know, business. And, um, they'd always, you know, talk to like big name powerlifters and, um, not much women. And there was a lot, there are actually a lot of women who powerlift now. And uh, every time they'd interview a woman, I felt like they were missing questions, like things that I wanted to know as a woman, like, how did it suck after you gave birth? Did you work out right away? How is it when you have your, you know, your periods? Do you, you know, all these questions that I think might've just been uncomfortable, (laughs) you know, for, for sometimes men to ask, or maybe they didn't even think of. And I felt like, Hey, I want to hear these things. I'm sure there's other women that want to hear these things too. And, um, obviously I like to talk, you know, you and I are probably (laughs) big talkers. You're really good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Am I, am I, I don't know if that's a good comment. (laughs) Uh, You are. Yeah. Um, that hence why I'm probably dry in my throat more because I'm, I'm talking too much. Um, but I felt like, um, I just wanted to try it. So I didn't 
I was very scared to try it. Like I was like, that's really putting myself out there. You know, yeah. like, you know, once you start, you do this and you're trying to say like, you're kind of the expert. I'm not saying I'm the expert, you know? So um, I actually messed up on my very first episode and I told Devin, I'm not going to do this. I'm like, this is like so stupid. I can't believe I, you know, like I can't, I screwed up my first episode. How could I do that? So embarrassing. You know, I had so much shame and all these, you know, sort of negative self-talks to try to bring me back down to not try something that's going to put myself out there. Um, he's like, you're being ridiculous. You know, it's your friend. Don't even worry about it. I'm sure she'll do it again with you. And she did. And I felt good and good thing. We continued on um, because since starting it, there's been a lot of women who have loved hearing um, the interviews because mostly the show's backbone is really about interviewing women who um, compete in powerlifting. I'd like to have them have some sort of a story, you know, some sort of experience in their life that is um, something that women can relate to or find inspiration through. Um, and it's really kind of sharing their story and how they came to be where they are now and how maybe powerlifting had a help in that. And it's also educational. So we all interview some coaches who are men too, you know, that can talk a little bit more about um, how women can work on powerlifting. What are some things they notice, you know, and just, just in general, um, more beginner, I would say beginner to immediate intermediate powerlifters, like things they want to know. But yeah, it's been about almost three years now. And it's, it's been wonderful. It's been a blessing. I've been able to meet so many people through the podcast that I never would have. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. That's my favorite thing. Just hanging out with cool people, getting a chance to talk to them. So I like how you focus on their struggles and their triumphs, not just, hey, uh, here's how to squat. And I mean, that, that stuff's cool too, but I think people really connect also with that. Hey, I'm a champion powerlifter, but I wasn't born this way. You know, yeah. it's taken this and I've overcome that. So that's, I know you focus on a lot of that. So uh, you talked about you've been able to meet some cool people. How does that lead to you being a part of this book coming up? So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so once again, like, you know, I've taken a lot of risks putting myself out there, um, which is a scary thing, mm -hmm. I, you know, and uh, I'm kind of now at a point where I'm like, Rah! I say yes to everything now. I'm like, man, it's done <laughs> me good, you know, and, and there has been many times where things just fell through and didn't work out and, and, you know, but for the most part, it's done great. For example, this me being a part of this book, um, Larnie Mulrevy, who is, who is the uh, author on, on the book that I'm part of, um, she listens to the show. And so she herself connected with one of many of our people that my guests, um, but she connected with a lot of the women who've had to, you know, have maybe not been told that they are somebody who could be stronger or somebody who can pursue their own endeavors. You know, they, I think Larnie has always felt like maybe held back um, a little bit in her life. And, um, she connected with the women on the show and she said that, you know, I just listened to it and I realized that I could do it too. Like there are things that I want to do in my life that I've not allowed myself to do for whatever insecure reasons or whatever things that have, you know, excuses that I've told myself. Um, and I believe that she lost her job. She didn't quit. She lost her job. And that was sort of the tipping point for her to kind of invest in herself and go into this business of um, being a, you know, speaker, um, kind of being a person who is wants to empower other women. So this book was part of her way of telling her story 
and as a Filipino American who, you know, has a family who was wonderful family, but also probably wanted her to pursue a certain way, you know, a certain career and a certain life. And so this is her like trying to just do it on her own and her inspirational story behind that. And a lot of the people in the book also have their own struggles and things that they've went through. Um, and it's really just inspirational stories of other women who have gone through some uh, tr struggles and have triumphed from that. Um, so she listened to the show. And then, so of course she's like, Hey, I would love for you to be in the book. And I was like, me, like, you know, like, it was so funny. And, uh, um, just to have that opportunity, I would have never had that, you know, had I never done the podcast. And um, I took that opportunity. I, everything in me was kind of like, no, I'm not an author. Right. Yeah. You know, what story do I have to say? Like, I mean, there are many people who've struggled a lot more than me. But I realized that, you know, my struggles are a lot like other people's. And it might not be catastrophic, but it is definitely something that has led me to, to, um, be where I'm at today. And that, you know, those struggles have been very important to, in my life. And I would never change any of the things I went through because I love where I am at now. And I love the lessons I've learned from all that suffering. Um, and it's created a much more, um, I don't know, it cre it's created a life that I love. Sure. So yeah, so that's how I got really um, started with her. And uh I'm, I'm so nervous. Let me tell you, I'm freaking nervous for the book to come out and people to read it. And I just, uh, I guess I've never really, I've never really told my whole story before. So this is, this is it. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to read it. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. It's called Standing in Strength, Inspirational Stories of Power Unleashed, which is an awesome title. By the it way. is. So yeah, that, that hooked me right away. So yeah, um, I, I pre-ordered. So by the time this comes out, I may have already read it. So I don't know. Is it, does it have big words in it? Pictures? Uh, like no, you know, I'm writing in there. So it may, have, it may be serendipitous may have made it in there. So I'll be careful. I hope I use that word in there. <laughs> well, that's exciting though. So this is uh, people from around the world are in this book, right? Yes. So we have Annie Gibbons. Annie is uh, in Australia, of course, Larney, Dawn. Dawn Bates is the, she also published the book. She's written tons of books herself, mostly, uh, mostly fictional books, but they are based off of stories of people that she meets. It's kind of amazing. So she meet a, she's a traveler. She meets a lot of people and she sort of crafts these books around stories that she's been told. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of women throughout the, um, throughout the world. And I don't know if you know who Courtney Olson is. She's the girl that squashes watermelons with her legs. Oh, I do know her then. I, for, I forgot her name. But I... <laughs> That's right. Every, she's the owner of Girl, G-R-R-L brand. It's a brand. They sell mostly clothing, but they're also sort of a women's movement brand that's tied into fitness. She wrote the forward in it. Oh, cool. um, Yeah, and it's a beautiful forward. And uh, yeah, she's a tough woman. Every time I say, hey, do you know who the woman is who squashes the watermelons they are like, Oh yeah, of course. I'm like, yeah, now I know her name. Book. Yeah. I yeah. should probably know her name. So that's good. Yeah. Courtney with a K, but yeah, the book, um, will be coming out on hard copy on the 13th. So by the time this is, this is out, oh, you'll be able cool. to purchase it. Yeah. So it's on Amazon. Um, if you type in the title, um, and I can give you the link for that. Yeah. But I'll link, be, I'll link all that in show notes. So they can go click right on there and go right and get their copy. Yeah, it'll, I'm excited. I mean, the stories are, I mean, like crying, like uh, just emotional stuff in there, you know, just real, uh, real heavy experiences that, you know, make me very grateful and appreciative of my life, I tell you. Sure. I mean, you don't appreciate the good times unless you've had some bad times, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. So kind of talking about that, what's, what's been one of your biggest failures and how did you learn from it? 
Um, wow. I mean, I would say that more recently, you know, starting a gym is always hard. Um, starting a business is always hard. And there was a lot of um, things I didn't know, finances, you know, I even took a finance class so, so I could learn how to accounting class. So I could learn how to like be a better accountant. Just definitely not my thing. It's over there with like chemistry. Yeah, chemistry. Me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So, um, you know, we struggled. My husband and I, when um, we had saved a lot of money in order to open up the gym and we went through tons of uh, personal things with our houses where we had to pay off a lot of stuff. And we ended up draining almost all our savings in order to move here. And, and have the gym. Um, so we charged everything because we didn't have the income that we had prior. And uh, that was a learning lesson because, you know, money was not rolling in the way it, it should have. Um, and I, you know, I was working and then he was working in the gym. And so I think after all of this, I realized that um, I needed to put more into the business. So I quit my job and then I did, you know, we work in the gym full time. And once I did that, everything got better. And so I really put in more into the gym, more, uh, of, I worked in the business as we say, not with the business. So, you right. know, I worked, yeah. I did a lot more of that. Um, not on the business, whatever the term is. Um, I think the biggest lesson I learned from that is to be better with your money. Like, I think I thought I knew, um, but I, I didn't know enough. So now, you know, when it comes to finances, I reach out and I hire people. So Me I too. have, I have an Me accountant too. who is just for gyms. He does all my taxes. Their accounting company is just all gyms. Um, I reached out to somebody to help me bring down the debt and we set a plan together so that now by the end of this year, we'll be pretty much debt free. Awesome. Um, yeah. And it's things like I did, you know, simple things that I probably knew, but I didn't know how to implement. And I think one of the, the biggest lessons I learned from that is even I need somebody to coach me, you know, we need somebody to coach me. Like, and I'm sure you hear this all the time. It's in fitness. It's not about what, you know, everybody knows how to eat healthy or knows right. what is probably a healthy food, but implementing it can be so hard. And for me, I was sort of like stopped. Like, what do I do? There's just so much information. I don't know what to filter out. I don't know where to start. What's the best step. Um, so I think that my biggest lesson was not try to do everything yourself because had I done that, you know, year one, it would have been a totally, totally different experience. Um, we would have had such a better financial backing from the beginning. Um, so for me now I hire out. I mean, that's a learning experience for almost everything. Like I can do certain things like house stuff, but now I was like, I can take care of the lawn myself. I can put all that stuff on there, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So I did that. It's still like weeds everywhere, you know, like, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? I am not a professional. So yeah. I definitely have learned that if I want something to be done faster and probably much better, I, I reach out to people now. Um, and that to me was the biggest point in my life where I was like, okay, this is huge. I, I didn't even really do anything different. Like all I did was she just told me, Hey, take X amount of money from this one and put it in this account and X amount of money. And I was like, I could, I'm not even like trying to like make more money. It's just yeah. taking the money I already have, you know? And so, um, 
I think that's a big lesson for me is reach out to people who are experts in their area before. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm sure you see it with your clients too. You don't have to make these huge tweaks to you're like, maybe just change their foot on the squat. And they're like, oh my gosh, look at that. Yeah. Like, why yeah. can't I figure that out? Well, yeah. this is all I do, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. All I, this is all I know. You, you would think I'd come to that conclusion sooner, but I think, you know, you know, small business owners, we try to do it all. Yeah. Oh know? man. I mean, my first year paying taxes, I was like, goodness. Yes. <laughs> that check. I was like, did I make this much this year? <laughs> yeah. What? No, I don't even remember making this much. How am I paying more than I made? What's going yeah. on? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. I immediately went out and say, Hey, please do this for me. I don't yeah. know what's happening. Oh, please. my tax guys are amazing. They're like, Hey, so this and this and this, I mean, things I wasn't even like writing off. They're like, you know, you can write off this and this and this. I was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> no. I'd heard, I'd heard my whole life about write-offs. I didn't know what that was or how you do it or any of that. <laughs> I was like, I knew the basics, but then there were things that in the fitness business that you could write off that I was like, I don't know if I can do that. I feel like that's like kind of like I'm trying to, you know, and Devin, he's like so honest, right? He's like, no, I don't think that's right. I feel like we're <laughs> going to be robbing the country. <laughs> he's like, like, babe, it's okay. <laughs> they're telling, they're the tax experts. Like, yeah, he's, he's the expert. Let him handle it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I, I love now just, hey, you handle it and I'll, I'll write you a check whenever you want one because yeah. I don't want to deal with it. So. Yeah. And it saves you, me more money in, 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 in the long run. So I'm with you on that. So yep, maybe totally. kind of on the same path. Uh, what makes you mad? I know you're not a very angry person, but what, what's something that makes you mad? Uh, um, I would have to say probably, you know, I'm very big on respect. Mm -hmm. And I think over the years I've learned to not be so, I think as growing up, I was always that kid that, um, like what you, you know, like, don't, you know, like you're almost like you're offending me kind of thing, you know, where I used to be like that as a kid, I've learned to cool that so much over the years. I think it's just being, you know, with experience. Um, but I think when I, when I see other people not treated right, um, or being disrespected or spoke to in a way that they don't need to be like, that's probably the, one of the few things that gets me instantly mad or you speak to my family members or some way yeah and that's where my puerto rican side comes out and I, just, <laughs> I, I, I always joke about it i'm like i'm japanese up until you do something like that <laughs> and then i get very angry um yeah I, I just i don't i'm very big on people being treated right you know you and i i think believe that it's a big you know? one for me as well yeah yeah I, and i don't um it doesn't matter where they come from you know it doesn't matter who they are you know there should be a sense of respect that is given to each other unless unless you're a total jerk but of course but, you know <laughs> yeah. so you, you, you have your hands on a lot of things you're super busy a lot going on between a parent and an entrepreneur and all the podcasts all this stuff so what keeps you inspired what keeps you going every day oh other women doing doing big things That's men awesome. and women but like you know i I recently watched Harriet Tubman uh, on Netflix. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I've seen the previews. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, man, it was powerful. And, yeah. I, you know, after the end of it, it's like, you know, Harriet Tubman's story. Mm -hmm. But to see it, I guess, in full, you know, screen mode for two hours, I realized, man, if somebody like Harriet Tubman could do what she did, like, I can help other women. I can put myself out there. I can do these things. I'm constantly inspired by women in the past women in history who have done amazing things. And it's usually through some sort of, you know, hard hardship, like Harriet Tubman, they said that she might've had like a brain injury. And that was part of these like visions she would have from God, but they weren't sure, you know, if they were visions or because of the head injury. And um, either way it empowered her 
to do what she did, you know, and women like Frida Kahlo and, and women who have gone through tremendous uh, pain and injury and still go on to inspire and do things that are amazing. Those are the women that like really keep me pushing. Yeah. I see some people I'm like, man, I'm soft. Oh, I'm soft. <laughs> right. I do think that. Like, <laughs> Oh man. Some, some things people overcome. Like I, I got to get up early in the morning. I'm like, Oh, right. Yeah. No, like, Oh, I got a headache. I got to <laughs> take an ibuprofen where they're like, they have one leg, you know, yeah. or, or something like that. You know, I, I had a friend that was from Mexico um, and he lost a leg his, his, I mean, such hardship. His family left him when he was a child because he was so poor. They couldn't feed all of them. He lost his leg because the, the, the uh, train ran over it of all oh, things. Man. Like, this is how crazy it is. And he ended up being like a manager at a movie theater, you know, which a lot of kids who were born in the street like that don't do in Mexico because once they kind of have that life, it's very hard for them to get out of it. And that's inspirational for me. Like yeah. somebody who went through a drug abuse problem and here he was, you know, with one leg, not even, not even whining about anything. In fact, he ended up playing music that night and like singing to everybody. And I was like, man, I am, I am too soft. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that man. is inspirational, man. That's it. So I know uh, you and Devin are always, you're real big on continued education. So what's yes. something you're curious about now? What's, what do you want to learn more about right now? Oh, I, I'm really into breathing right now. And I think I have been for the last um, maybe two years. Um, we've done Wim Hof's, uh, breathing course. Um, uh, right now I've been doing, um, reflexive performance reset. It's also known as RPR. And, um, it's pretty much just a bunch of rubbing on your body and breathing, um, that helps you perform better, feel better. Um, and there's a lot more science to it, but for the basics for everybody, I just tell people, Hey, I just want you to try this sort of rubbing and this diaphragmatic breathing. Um, so I would say that, yeah, breathing right now is really something that has changed me so much, um, has helped me to relax, has helped me realize a lot of where my back pain and hip pain comes from. Um, I realized that I was not breathing properly and as woo woo as that sounds, you know, cause meatheads like us, we're like, just lift more weights and be stronger. <laughs> and, you know, and nobody wants to talk about breathing unless you're bracing, you know, like, unless it's yeah. a brace, we don't need to worry about breathing not realizing how important um, my just the breathing was that would transfer over to my lifts. And so since this, since I fixed a lot of my breathing patterns, um, my squat, everything's gone up. Like my squat went up 20 pounds. My bench went up 10 pounds. My deadlift has gone up so much because I was battling with a lot of back and hip pain um, that was tied into my breathing. So right now I'm really exploring uh, different methods of breathing, why it affects us so much. And there's so much to learn and so much that it's not like out there, you know, like there's yeah. just not a lot of info on it. It's so crazy. that something you do every day, all day. Yeah. You could get better at, and it could be making you worse or better. So I'm very interested in breathing as well. So, which sounds yeah. to some people would be like, bro, you Boring. do that, bro, you do that bro. all day, <laughs> bro, 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 you do it all day. You're all right. <laughs> I forgot how many respirations it is a day. Is it 5,000? There's something about, it's like an enormous amount and most people don't do it right. Yeah. It's so crazy. I'm one think. of them. I'm, I'm working on it. So it's something I'm constantly working on as well. Yeah. So I'm curious about that as well. So yeah. um, how about this? What's your nickname or do you have a nickname? Almost most people have one. No, you know, I, I used to DJ. And so oh. once people find that out, they, my, my, my DJ name was Madam H. I don't know if you remember, like in the mid nineties, there was Heidi Fleiss. I do remember her. Yeah. 
It was Madam Heidi. I even had a <laughs> Heidi Fleiss shirt. And so after that, I, I that slowly, I, I would say a couple of years after that whole, you know, Heidi Fleiss incident, it was, um, I started DJing. So I was like, just go by Madam H or Madam Heidi, you know, that, that was my DJ name. Um, so jokingly, people will tell me that. Um, but my brothers call me Tita, which is a, is a, a word we use in Hawaii a lot. So like, it's like, it could be used for sister. It can be also be used for like tomboy. Um, it's a Hawaiian word, but now it's sort of morphed into this other term. But Tita is like probably the only name. I don't really have a lot of nicknames. I don't know. Well, I guess well, I that was worth it. it to hear about Madam H. Anyway. Madam H, let me say. <laughs> Madam, and I was uh, I was rocking the turntables. I always wonder if I still can do it. Oh, <laughs> like, just uh, back on. Just do that real quick and I'll put you. Yeah, yeah no. See, I had a. There's. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Madam <laughs> I'm obviously not a DJ, man. My stuff fell all the way off my head behind me. I got to work on it. <laughs> but do you have anything else that I, in the closing? Do you have any uh, anything else you want to close with right here? No, I, I I think that if there is anybody listening to this, uh, I hope that they, you know, can look into themselves and and know that there's a lot of possibility and things that can happen, and that a lot of us go through a lot of different things in life, and you know, it may seem. I mean, when I was going through my hardest times, it, I don't think there was anything in the world that I thought would be harder, you know? Sure. And now that I've came out of that, life is amazing. I've learned a lot from that. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to hear about some amazing stories, get the book. It's going to be, I'm so proud to be a part of it. I'm so happy to be in line with these women who are making a huge impact. Like I am a, the least out of all these women. I mean, Annie has a nonprofit for women in in, the UK, in Australia. And I'm like, man, I need to step up. These are the women who are doing some amazing things, helping other people, you know, right, and I, yeah. um, yeah, get the book. <laughs> Standing in strength. It's on Amazon. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for explorehuntsville.com slash yes. Joe for uh, telling us where to go and when we want to do cool stuff. Apparel Lab, if you need to get a Heidi Fly shirt, they could probably make you a Heidi Fly shirt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Listen, it was a great sweater. My buddy Sean gave it to me. I still remember it. We need to recreate that with Apparel Lab. <laughs> but but I, I, I'm excited to read the book, man. I can't, I can't I'm going to read your chapter first and then get to the rest of it. Oh, but thanks, I'm really Joe. excited. Really and that's, that's a cool thing that you're going to be a part of. And I'm glad you're in it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. All right. Y'all go get the book and I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you could do me a huge favor, if you could review, rate, share, all that good stuff about the podcast, help word, get the positivity out there, that would be great. Also, if you could check out my new book, Relentless Positivity on Amazon, that would be awesome too. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you.